Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Guilty pleasures and growing pains with Nina and Friends. This bonus episode today is very special because I'm introducing you to the strongest person I know. She is a dear friend of mine and anytime there is something off in my life, I think about her and I feel inspired. She is a fighter. She is a survivor. She is one of my best friends in the world. Everybody meet Amy Caraba. Yay. Hi, Hi Amy. Amy. Hi, everyone. Aww. Did you like the intro? Did it feel strong enough? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a strong intro. I hope I can live up to that. Oh, my God. Stop. Um, I wanted to invite Amy on the podcast today, not just because she is one of my closest friends, but she has a really special story. And, you know, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And earlier, one of the earlier episodes of this particular podcast, I had a scare of my own um, earlier this year. And, you know, I think as we go about life, you you find it hitting closer and closer to home. And aside from it being in my family, the closest that it hit me was through my dear friend, Amy. So first of all, before we get into your story, how are you doing now? You know, I, I deal with it every day, but I'm doing really well. I'm in remission. Yeah, girl. I know. So that's something to celebrate, which is so great. But what they don't tell you when you have cancer is that when you're in remission, it's like, are you? My doctor says, I'll never say that to you, but you are. And it's because they never really know if you have cancer, if you don't. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest, hardest thing to live with for the rest of your life. And that will never change. So that is a struggle. But if you can change your mindset every day, you can get through it. And that's what I do. And that's how I live. And that's why she's so inspiring because she is a fighter and she's a new mom. She just had a sweet son, baby Capri, and she had him via surrogate, which is another part of the story that we're going to get to. But let's kind of, you know, go back to the beginning. Amy and I met when um, I lived in Sacramento. Actually, she just moved to Sacramento, California at the same time. You remember this, Aim? She used to be <laughs> a news anchor on Good Day Sacramento, and I was one of the hosts on the morning show. And I remember watching TV because we would always have it on in the background. I was like, oh my God, that girl looks so fun. I want to know her. Mm-hmm. So we became friends over social media and eventually met up and then we're inseparable ever since. Well, I love because you literally messaged me and said, let's hang out. And I was just like, oh my gosh, is she hitting on me? <laughs> and of course you weren't, but it was just so funny. It was just so cool that a girl would reach out to another girl and say, I like your vibe. Let's hang out. Let's be friends. We're both new in a city. 
and we've been friends ever since. Yeah. And we, we tore up Sacramento together. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I will never forget the day though. Amy told me about her diagnosis. Um, we were talking on the phone. Actually, it was even before you had gotten the news. We were talking on the phone. I was walking around the streets of New York and you had told me that you had found a lump and you had gone to the doctor. Yeah. So basically, I have such a unique story because I wasn't even at the doctor for breast cancer or to have lumps checked. I was actually at the doctor's office to find out about infertility because my husband and I wanted to become parents. And my mom had a difficult time caring. So I thought, let me get checked out and see if there's going to be any issues. And while I was there on my birthday, the doctor said, let me just do your normal exam. And um, it, it was November 15th. I'll never forget. And she felt a lump and said, I don't like that. that was, those were her exact words. I don't like that. And the next thing you know, I had dinner reservations for my birthday and it's like five o'clock and I'm still at the hospital and they're rushing me in for more testing. Same day. They never do that. So you know that something must be really wrong. So I had an ultrasound done, then a mammogram back to back. And while they did the mammogram, the woman who did the mammogram, she had recognized me from television. She had watched the show that I anchored for years. And so we kind of were bonding in the room and she basically told me, I, I can't tell you this because I'm not a doctor, but I've been doing this for, you know, over 15 years. You need to go home and prepare yourself. Oh my Those God. were her exact words. And my heart just sunk. I was at the hospital by myself and she's literally said, come look at this. And she pulled up. She could get fired, by the way, for doing this. But um, she, I think she wanted to really help me. She pulled up basically the mammogram imagery and you could clearly see cancerous activity um, in my lymph nodes. And so you see a lump and then you see further beyond that in my lymph nodes, everything's sort of heightened and lit. And that is a sign of cancer. And so, cause it really wouldn't be anything else. And so I remember calling my husband and just gasping for air and being just devastated because they, she had told me that, but, I was kind of playing it off because the doctor had come in and said, we're going to biopsy it. We don't know for sure. But in my mind and heart, I knew what she had told me, the nurse. Um, and so I did exactly what the nurse said. And I went home and I prepared myself. And then the doctor scheduled the biopsy. And I just remember Thanksgiving hitting and sitting at a family Thanksgiving dinner with my whole family, my husband's family. And I literally had to excuse myself because I, I just knew in my heart that I had cancer. I knew it, mm -hmm. even though they hadn't verified it. And I just, I remember stepping outside from that dinner and just crying and nobody knew, you know, and I couldn't tell anyone because they hadn't verified it. And then three days after Thanksgiving, um, I pretty much got the, the call that the biopsy had come back triple positive breast cancer, a rare triple positive. It was an ER, um, PR, and basically HER2 receptor. So if you know anything about breast cancer, if it has that HER2 receptor on it, it's really not good because it's a hormone estrogen-driven cancer that is very, um, it develops fast and it spreads very quickly. And, um, you know, from that moment on, my world just completely changed. I mean, everything crumbled. And, 
you know, it, the next thing you know, I'm, I'm days later scheduled for a very serious surgery. Um, you know, I think it was like the longest doctor's appointment I've ever had. It was hours with my team of doctors, surgeons, oncologists, um, just the whole, they have what they call a tumor board. So it's, a, it's several people that actually help make a collective decision about you for your survival rate. And then you ultimately have to make the decision. And so you're kind of in like a classroom setting and they break down. If you go this route, this is your life expectancy. If you go this route, this is your life expectancy. And if you go this route, and it's just the most devastating thing. I just don't think anyone can imagine being put through that. I was 36 years old and having to make a decision literally within a couple of hours. And then they scheduled the surgery days later. And before you know it, I, I had a bilateral mastectomy. That is where it's a double mastectomy, essentially. Um, I did reconstructive surgery at the same time. And um, the surgeries went really well. And I say surgeries because I was only supposed to have one. And when I was celebrating after a very successful lengthy surgery, a week later, I got another devastating blow that when they removed everything and did further testing, they felt very confident that the cancer had spread beyond where they had thought. So it was just so devastating. It was just like yeah, another blow. Yeah. You know, he had always told me what you don't want is you don't want to have to have this second surgery because the second surgery is, is very dangerous and it causes a lot of complications later in life. You don't want to have that. And I ended up having to have that. And it was just so horrible to have to go back in and have them go back in and remove basically more lymph nodes. It's called a called an auxiliary lymph node dissection. And they basically go in and they, they, now remove all your almost all your lymph nodes. I had 29 lymph nodes removed. And um, then you open yourself up to things like lymphedema and breast cancer or, um, patients know what that is. If you know, they're yeah, in my boat. I'm not familiar it's, with what that is, but it's just another complication, essentially. It's, it's another complication that you will have the rest of your life. And um, I mean, it, it's where you're out taking walks and my arm swells and it aches. So exercising is very difficult mm -hmm. and um, your arm can swell and you have to wear an armband and a glove on your hand sometimes. Um, so it's just all these things that you never expect you would have to do. And then you're out and about and people are looking at you because you've got this armband on and I wear mine with, you know, I'm happy because I'm here. Yes. So I wear mine and there's no issues, but it's just a lot. And, you know, after all of this, I'm telling you, I'm not even halfway through my treatment because now I've got to start chemo and radiation. You do? And, you know, oh, yeah, that's, you know, like a whole other ball game. So Wait, after these surgeries. At the, time, at the time she's saying after oh, she had. Oh, I thought you were saying now. I was like, you have <laughs> yeah. to do it no, again? No, no, no. Oh, gee. Oh, my God. Well, you know. God, you just, you just scared honest, the crap out of me right now. I was like, wait, what? I mean, so you know what's so funny? I hate to put this energy in the air, but you never know. There is a possibility I could have to do it again. And I, well, you know, you just, that's if I have a reoccurrence. And I have about a 30% chance that I could have a reoccurrence. So it's like, so it's something, you just never know. So that's something that's in the back of your mind. And this is you now being positive after all of these yeah. things that you've just expressed to us, this, this, 
pain and emotionally and physically that you wouldn't wish upon anybody. And the reason why, let me just reset here and tell you why it was so important for me to have Amy come on and share her story is because the crazy part, Amy, you didn't even have breast cancer in your family, right? I think there's a lot of people that that think that the only way you can get it is if it's something that is hereditary. Yeah, I think I think I buried the lead. I'm so glad you brought this up because that's the key thing is when they diagnosed me, the first thing they said was, you need to stop eating meat. And I said, I don't eat meat. I've been a vegetarian wow. my entire life. That's I true. don't eat meat. And then they said, okay, well, do you have this in your family? And I know nobody in my family has this. Nobody. I don't have anyone with breast cancer. No family history. And then their third question was, do you eat dairy? And I was like, yeah. Cheese. Heck yeah, I eat dairy. I freaking <laughs> love dairy. I eat cheese with wine and yes. eggs, you know, and protein shakes. And um, so now I'm vegan. I'm a plant-based girl. I don't touch dairy for, you know, and I'm not trying to say that to, <laughs> you know, scare people. But because I have this cancer that's hormone estrogen driven, you know, the doctors were trying to wrap their head around this, that there's no family history. I don't eat meat. I don't eat these things that it carries in. And basically, you know, a lot of dairy products have hormones, right? They have, they have that. And so I think it's just trying to do everything I possibly can to just remove that from my diet and just like go on with my life. Yeah. Um, Especially during my chemo rounds during chemo, it's so funny because during chemo, you're just so sick. You can't eat anything anyways. So it doesn't really matter. Um, but, you know, chemo in itself is just a whole other <laughs> realm. Right. I mean, I remember being so positive when I went to do my my first chemo round. And um, But once I got to my second chemo round and I had started, my hair started falling out. <laughs> You know, and it's like the hardest thing you could ever imagine because you're just, your hair is coming out before your eyes and your hands. Amy has beautiful hair. She's always had beautiful, long, long hair. And so, I mean, for another person that that's just like an added layer of like how you define yourself, you know? So, but your hair's back, baby. Your hair's back. I know my hair came back so quick. I think that was one of my biggest challenges is just because I had been a news anchor. It was so difficult to see yourself, um, honestly at your lowest point. I mean, I lost hair all over my entire body. You don't have one ounce of hair on your body when you're doing chemo. So for over a year, I didn't have hair on my legs, hair anywhere. I mean, come on, you guys, like, no, not one ounce of hair, you know, it's just, it's, it's wild because you go in to get your chemo treatment and you sit there for hours while there's this bag of, I describe it as like a bag of bleach and they just pump it in your body and that's what they do. And then they send you home. It's like, bye. And you then are sick for, you know, ever. And then when your body starts to climb up and get strong again, they just hit you again. And it's, it's just the hardest thing that anyone, no one should have to go through. I know that you had a lot of lows and I know the people around you were trying to be so positive and, you know, try to give you hope and, and all of that stuff. But what do you think, Aim, was the one thing that stuck out in your mind as you were going through all of this pain that that kept you going? Because, I mean, you have to want to fight, too, especially when you're facing all of this stuff. Like, what was the thing inside of you that kept you pushing? Honestly, I had this moment, and it was, like, my breaking point. And but I believe it or not, I had it really early on. I had it on my second chemo round. I did the second chemo round, 
And I was so sick. I couldn't fathom that I had seven more to go. I was just like, how the hell am I going to do this? And I was in the shower and I was crying and I just, I literally called for my husband. It was the hardest moment. I can like get choked up thinking about it, but I told him like, I cannot continue and that we need to call my oncologist and stop everything and basically prepare for, um, you know, my non-existence is like, you know, the way of putting it. And we actually start, we did that. We called my oncologist. We did not tell my family. We made my arrangements. Um, it's just so hard to even think about that. I was, you were ready I to was give at up. such a low point that I, and I used to say too, by the way, I would never give up if I had that. You hear stories of cancer patients or people giving up amongst treatment and saying, I, I'm putting in the towel. I'm so different on that perspective now because, Nina, you know me, I'm a fighter mm-hmm. and I, at round two was like, I can't do this. And I remember my oncologist calling me and she got really aggressive on the phone and was like, no, you will do this and you will be back here in a week. And I, I, she just was like so upset on the phone and saying, you're so young and I'm going to help you become a mom and we're going to make this happen. And da, 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 da. And I remember just doing it. I was like afraid of her. <laughs> <laughs> I basically went in and I did it. And I truly believe that I'm here because of her. And I, I don't even know to this day how I did nine total rounds, but I did. I told and you. Remarkable. I, yeah. Strongest I person I know that faced this pain, even though she didn't want to, but kept going because there was a part of you that obviously did. And I mean, there's no way to make this like have this big, pretty bow on the end of the yeah. story. I mean, Amy, how, how long was the fight? Like how many years was it in total? Well, you know, it's so funny because I still feel like I'm still fighting because I still go in for treatments on Friday. It's like my maintenance. So Mm -hmm. it's something that never leaves you. And then, but the thing is, is I've been, I'm healthy. I'm alive. I feel so good right now. I had um, a PET scan and it was clear. I truly believe that I I don't have cancer right now. I feel like they did a great job. My hair is back, Nina, you know, my hair is (laughs) so long. She looks great. Um, And then, so, I mean, overall, it was like a three-year span to get to this point where I'm at today, you know, and the biggest thing was, I think, you know, you asked what kept me going. To be honest, what kept me also going was I wanted to be a mom, and I'm a huge advocate for this because a lot of cancer patients, whether they're breast cancer or any cancer and you're female, if you have chemo or you have the type of cancer I had where they're blocking estrogen and making it not possible for you to carry and have a child, you know, there are other ways to be a mom. And I, I, during treatment was looking for a surrogate and my oncologist was like, you're crazy girl. You need to focus on you. You need to get better. Can't be looking for some surrogate, you know, (laughs) but no, not Amy, you know, sure. She will whole ass be fighting cancer and still be ready to have a plan for something else. That's, that is my girl. Inspiring. I remember when I met my surrogate for the first time, I found her by the way on Facebook. I literally put a post on Facebook and was like, I need someone to carry a child for me. I can't, I have cancer right now. And I remember some people even messaging comments like you have cancer. Why would you want to be a mom and bring a child into this world? I I remember thinking, Oh my gosh, because I'm going to be better again and be ready. Right. And my surrogate, 
from day one, we, I met her at, you know, I met, met her at a Starbucks, her and her husband with my oh. husband and we just connected. And I remember when I told my oncologist, I have a surrogate and we just got approved by the FDA because it's a very long process. And my sur- my oncologist was like, you were looking this little time. Like, <laughs> you know, she was so funny. And now I have a son, you know, it's, it's incredible. The, the crazy thing is too, is Amy's not necessarily a person to bring other people into the journey. Like, you know, if we check in on her, she would always be strong. She would always be like, I'm good, mean, but how are you? And try to change the conversation yeah. around. And I just kind of followed her lead to whatever was going to make her feel better in a moment. But the really exciting thing, though, was when she did find the surrogate, because being a mom was something she wanted so much. And she has been posting pictures of the journey along the way. And Amy's story is not just about being a fighter and a survivor, but it's about hope. Mm -hmm. And it's about being able to still accomplish. I mean, this is your life. Whatever obstacles come in your way, you have a choice to make it still be the way that you want it to be. And even facing cancer, my friend Amy found a way to be a mom. Amen. But Aim, let's go to Italy and tell them about Capri. (laughs) (laughs) okay I love this so the best part I think about this whole story is that when we found a surrogate we kept it from all of our friends and family for over a year and a half and part of that reason was because we you know we didn't know is this gonna work out there's so many hoops legal stuff stuff you wouldn't even think of they make it so hard for um, cancer patients or even non-cancer patients who use a surrogate to become parents. And um, I remember my husband and I took a trip to Italy to basically celebrate my cancer remission and my mom and my dad and his mom were there. And we took a boat to the island of Capri because the whole time while I was in chemo, I was dreaming of going to the island of Capri. Yeah. Amy's Italian, and, by the way. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's this, these Fraglioni rocks. And if you take a boat, Basically, this rock has a hole in it. If you take a boat through the hole of the rock and you kiss and you make a wish with your with your love, they say your dreams come true. So we did that. We got on a boat and remind you, this is something I was dreaming about for years while I was sick is I'm going to the Almafi coast. I'm going to the island of Capri. <laughs> yes, my girl. So we, we go under the rock. We make the wish. And um, it was the most amazing moment. And an hour later, I'm on the island of Capri just exploring and my cell phone rings in Italy. And it's my doctor. And she says, the FDA has approved, Trish, we are doing the transfer for your child in seven days when you come back from Italy. So get back safe and we're doing this. And (laughs) it was like the most amazing moment. And even at that moment, we did not tell my family. We didn't tell anyone. You know, we waited until we did the transfer. And it's so crazy because we did the transfer. If you want to talk about full circle, I was diagnosed on November 15th. And we did the transfer for her um, two years later, right? Just around the same time. Wow. So, so crazy. Still in, wow. Still it's so crazy. It's so crazy. <laughs> I mean, if you're not making everybody want to go to Capri right now and make wishes yeah. on this rock, I mean, how <laughs> beautiful. I have goosebumps every time you tell the story. And if you didn't catch it in the beginning, I think I did say his name. But what is your son's name? His name is Capri Cristiano. <laughs> and we didn't, you know, name him because of the island. I remember telling Pablo, I don't care if our kid is a girl or a boy. 
his or her name is going to be Capri. It has to be. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. Oh, my God. We have to see pictures of this baby. Oh, yeah, girl. He's got his own Instagram handle. Stop it. Oh, yeah. He's got an Instagram handle. As he should. Oh, my God. You know what else I'm going to show them is that TikTok that you sent me, which is hysterical. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She posted a picture on Facebook of her sweet little baby. And I was like, I just want to squish his face. And she sends me a text later in the day of this TikTok that she made. She's like, I already did it for you. And she squeezes his face. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to make him a TikTok star so that I can retire. Yeah, that's, that's the way so to funny. that's the way to do it, yes, girl. Do it. Get it all set up. I mean, God, I, and I'm so happy that we can laugh now and yeah. and see Capri and that everything was able to. This is honestly like one of my best friends. This is my yeah. sister. She just celebrated her wedding anniversary. What? Like that was not that long ago, too. I know. Because I was it's the memory so crazy. The memories yeah, were think, popping like, up. The- I know. I think it's just, I think what's so wild is when, I, whenever we get into October, I'm so just, I just love this month because I think this month is so important. And um, I think it's so important for all women and men to, if you feel something, you need to go get it checked out. Right. I think that is just like the biggest reminder is do it in October, right? Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, I sit now, I also, I mean, I haven't even told you this. I sit on a board for, um, a breast cancer nonprofit. I'm a board member now and I'm launching a program to help cancer patients become parents through surrogacy because I'm an expert now. You are. (laughs) You are an expert and that's so right up your alley. That's so exciting. How can we help you? You know what? I think the biggest thing is we just need to raise awareness. I think people just need to know that if you get diagnosed, you can become a mom. So don't let anyone tell you that you can't. Um, And if you get diagnosed, I think the best thing about breast cancer is that they are making so many advances that you can, you can get through it. You really, really can. You have to stay positive, stay strong, and just forget about your hair if you have to do chemo. I think that was the best thing for me, honestly, was to lose my hair because it's humbling. Wow. You get to see the real you, the raw you, and... It's a person that you're going to see that you actually will want to be forever. Mm-hmm. You don't, you're not going to want to go back and be your old self with your, you know, I had hair down to like, you know, my I hair was so her long. Butt. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, you just see you and you focus on you and you, you appreciate you. And that's, that's like literally the best thing. I mean, and that's just a message in itself, right? It's like, it's your life. You need to live it. Instead of, you know, I mean, if you even think about even I think as you get older, you think back on things that you used to be worried about that you're not so much anymore. And for Amy, after this experience, there's probably stuff you're like, what the heck did I even care about that for? You know, especially when you're fighting for your life. Yeah, that's the biggest takeaway I'm having from listening to you, Amy Caraba. I'm obsessed with your name for the record. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I, I am so inspired and again, humbled and and just to be able to hear your testimony is is moving. So thank you for just being so strong and and positive and optimistic cuz I'm sure someone is listening to this episode that either has a family member that's fighting or possibly could be, you know, fighting this battle themselves. So to hear this inspiration in your voice and and to be able to be so young and such a conqueror, I am just so thrilled. So it's so nice to podcast meet you (laughs) oh you guys are so sweet I was just gonna say I think it's just so important that um you know when people hear the word cancer I'm so 
I just have so much empathy for anyone going through it because you don't wish this upon anyone. Mm. But, you know, it's like, it's just so important that we raise awareness, I think. I just can't stress that enough because I probably wouldn't have found my lump if I wouldn't have been there for something else, right? right. And um, it had already spread. I mean, it wasn't like I just had a lump. I mean, it was spread and it was thriving and it would have just taken over my whole body. If you hadn't been in there. And that's why the whole early detection thing is so important. And that's why awareness is so important. And for people like Amy to share her story, you know, for the hope side, for the inspiration side. But but either way, like, Amy, would you agree that like even speaking about there's no there's not necessarily something like prevention. It's more about awareness and detection. It is. And that's why in October, it's kind of like, okay, everyone go in your shower. I, I always tell people, go in your shower, put your arm up and like feel. And people say, well, what does it feel like? It feels like a rock. It feels like a little tiny pebble. If you feel like you have a little rock or a little tiny pebble, you need to go in. Mm-hmm. You need to go in and see somebody. If so, you've got redness around your your breast, if you've got you know any type of um, signs around your nipple, um, you need to go in and see somebody. And people put it off because they don't want to go in, fear. especially now with yeah. COVID. They don't want to go to a hospital. And you've got to go in and just get a you know professional opinion. Yeah. I mean, it saves lives. That's right. It saves lives. It gets you to Capri. It gets you to your baby and it, and it gets you to a place where you're able to enjoy the life you were given. Absolutely. And it can happen to anyone because Nina, you know, I don't have very big boobs y'all. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, I would always say to Nina, girl, I got breast cancer. Really? Like where? I'm I'm barely a B. Okay. Side note, this girl sends me a picture after she gets her new boobs and she's wearing a tank top and she's like, look, no bra. And, and she's it was, killing it. <laughs> she's on. killing it. Perky and happy. I love it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Amazing. That's amazing. I think there's a sense of fighting spirit that you have too that I want to put emphasis on in this episode because again, being able to be such a conqueror, I mean, you faced something so big that a lot of people, I don't think they realize on a day-to-day basis, we complain about the dumbest stuff. You know what I mean? Like we complain about things that are tangible or, you know, have some type of price, but there's nothing like life. So for you to be able to have that conquering spirit, I think everybody needs to take away from this episode. It's just to take on battles and just ride that wave till the wheels fall off, literally. Now you're right. I I wake up every day and I'm so grateful to be here. I don't sweat the small stuff. I... It's, you know, done so much for me just personally. I'm just, I'm very chill now. I don't think I was a chill person. Mm -hmm. I'm super chill now. Like, probably the chillest person, you know, because I'm like... Well, <laughs> what's going to happen is going to happen. On. Like, really? Yeah, I feel like there's yeah. nothing worse than chemo, honestly, in my book, too. And so I just think about like, like, OK, you know, um, I can do it. You can I do just, it. I just got a rock in my windshield and flat tires because that happened like a couple months ago. I just laugh about it. I literally <laughs> call my husband and I'm like, I'm staring down the side of the road. just chilling hanging out I love that Amy really is like one of the brightest lights and she's just a cheerleader for everybody and everything that she loves so much and Aim like I think about you all the time probably more than I even tell you and it's just because I'm so proud of you I'm so impressed by you and I'm so lucky to know you so thank you for coming on here and being so vulnerable and sharing your story and I'm was really light and funny the whole time but like the thought of anything happening to you really would is devastating but you're a hero for so many including me and i miss you so much and thank you for doing this 
Oh my gosh, Nina, I love you too so much. Now you're going to make me cry. <laughs> I mean, so much time I has passed. I can't wait to see Capri. I was actually supposed to go to the baby shower, but then COVID hit, so I couldn't be there. Yeah. And, you know, we did it all online, so that was cool. So I didn't feel like I missed that much, but I can't wait to hug you guys when, when, I know. We're I, <laughs> I was so looking forward to just seeing you because it's, it's like, it's just been so long and I was just so excited. I finally felt like it was the right time to see people and celebrate and mm-hmm. then COVID hit. But we will, Damn girl. COVID. We will, girl. We're going back to Capri. We're being, bringing <laughs> Capri and, and we're going to celebrate life and yes, celebrate man. you. I love you, Amy, so, so, so much. Thank you for sharing. And man, October, pink, pink it up. Make pink throw up everywhere you are because we need to know. <laughs> Yeah, eat, drink, and sleep pink. That's right. Ma'am, I'm on it. We own it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.